Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. Well, hello, hello. Good morning, everybody. My name is Joel Espada, and I help lead the campus ministry here at the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ. And I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving this past Thursday. You know, with coronavirus, I'm sure this has been a Thanksgiving for all of us like no other. Some of you probably couldn't spend time with your family or your loved ones. Maybe you spent time with friends because you couldn't spend time with your family or loved ones. And then we all know that we probably all had to be wearing our mask all night long around the people that we were with. And we all know how annoying and frustrating that could be, especially if you wear glasses like me, they fog up all the time. But if there's anything that I'm grateful for that did not change this Thanksgiving, it was the holy presence of food on the table. Amen. And even better, the leftovers that were there afterwards and in the days to come that we got to enjoy. But, you know, today I want to talk to you about an even better Thanksgiving and even a better food than the leftovers you had the day after Thanksgiving, but a food that endures not just after Thanksgiving, but beyond. I want to talk to you today about a food that endures to eternal life. And so the title of my message is simple. It's this, it's working for what endures. Working for what endures. Turn with me to John chapter 6 real quick. John chapter 6, and we're going to be reading verses 25 through 35. And before we get into it, I want to start off by giving you a little bit of context so you understand basically where uh, we're coming from with this lesson. So Jesus and his disciples early in John chapter 6, they're facing a huge dilemma. There's a crowd of 5,000 people that come up to Jesus and his disciples. And the issue is, is that they're all hungry. Talk about terrible timing. And so Jesus, in very Jesus-like fashion, even though he knows what he's going to do, he asks his disciples, how are we going to feed all these 5,000 people? And his disciples are amazed. They're like, what? I mean, you tell us, you're Jesus. But they said, hey, we have these five loaves of bread and these two fish left over. This is all we have. And so Jesus, he does an amazing miracle before their very eyes. And he takes those five loaves of bread, gives thanks with the fish, and he multiplies it so much so that not only did they have food to feed all the 5,000 people, but there were enough leftovers afterward to pass on to everybody else. And so the crowd of people see this and they're amazed and they cannot believe their very eyes that, that, that Jesus just did this crazy miracle in front of them. And it inspires them and emboldens them and makes them ambitious enough for the next day to go in search of Jesus, hoping that Jesus would have some leftover still from that Thanksgiving they just experienced and that they would have something to carry them on another day. And so this is where we pick up our story where the crowds now finally find Jesus 
And this is what it says here. In verse 25 of John chapter 6, it reads as this. It says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed the seal of approval. Then he asked him, what must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So he asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Point number one is this, work for what endures. Look at verse 25 through 27 with me. This is where we're gonna begin. So here we are the next day and the crowds finally catch up to Jesus. And really, as you can see, they're only interested in a handout. They don't really want anything to do with Jesus. And so look at in verse 26, what Jesus said. He said, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Man, I could imagine the crowds in this moment. They were probably like, dang, Jesus, I thought you were more terrible than that. Like, And so they were put on the spot and you could only imagine how they were feeling. And if you're a college student, you know the struggle it is to be like these crowds and always Try to do whatever you can to get in a free meal whenever you can. You know, it's late in the in, at night, two, three in the morning. The dining halls are closed and you're struggling, hopeless, trying to figure out when your next meal is going to be. Know this to them. But you know, in that moment, you're left with a few options. You either got to cook it yourself, you got to order it, or you visit home and pray to God that your mama made something that night. Or I'll even throw in the four op fourth option. You go to a campus devotional. Our campus students, they love it when we have food. And I know they pray to God that every single Devo, there's some free food there. And uh, you should see them uh, work. They put in work. When they want that free meal, they'll do whatever it takes. Uh, they'll mention it. They'll come around. They'll bring even their Tupperware to the devotionals. But shout out to them. I love them so much. And uh, they're amazing. Uh, but, but either way, it takes work to get in those free meals whenever you can. And that's what the crowds are doing here. And so Jesus, look at what he proceeds to tell them in verse 27 after calling them out and putting them on the spot. He says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you. 
You know, the food that Jesus, uh, the crowds were talking about here, literally they were in search of real tangible food. But the food that Jesus was talking about wasn't actually physical in nature. He was referring to a food that was spiritual, a food that had eternal value. And as we'll continue to learn as we read, he's talking specifically about a person. But this is the crowd's dilemma, and this is what they were doing here. They were putting in work. You know, just the day before, 500 of them were in line at Jesus' pantry. And now the next day, they're on boats, crossing over a lake, probably leaving behind their families, and sacrificing their lives just to get a free meal from Jesus. Just to get a, a, just a little bit of bread and a few fish. They were willing to do whatever it takes to get another meal. And you know, it always amazes me what people will do to get a handout. I used to volunteer at this back to school giveaway. And I remember there used to be swarms of people who would wait in line, not just down the block, but down the street and around the corner. And they'd be camping out in their cheers in the blistering heat with their children and their families, all for just a free book bag filled with school supplies. They were determined to do whatever it took. And if you've ever done community service like this or you've worked at a nonprofit, you know that simply giving out a handout isn't going to completely change a person's situation overnight. Yeah, it's going to help for the moment. And thank God for that. But what they truly need is help beyond what we could even give them. They need something long term that's going to help them last and sustain them. And I remember uh, working at my last job. I was a youth case manager at a local nonprofit. And I was so young and naive. And, and I remember um, when one of my youth uh, shared with me that, you know, he had to sell drugs in order to take care of his family. And I, I couldn't understand at first, you know, how come, you know, we had given him opportunity after opportunity. We tried to help him and we even helped him find employment. But it wasn't until I learned about his story more that I was able to understand why. You know, back at home, he didn't have a father uh, that, to raise him. His mother had to take care of not one, but multiple children. And they were even on the brink of being homeless. And I remember trying to share Jesus with him and trying to plead with him to tell him to seek God, to, that he can change your situation, that, that he can do incredible miracles in your life. And, uh, and it's this very reason that we need to seek after and go after what really endures because the world needs it just like that young man. And there are people that are desperate and that are hurting and that are in need of something more beyond what we could even give them. And that's what Jesus saw in these crowds. He saw their hunger. He knew that they needed more than just a handout. And so Jesus was determined to give them just that, not what they just wanted. You know, look at what it says here at the end of verse 27. He says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you. That term son of man, he's referring actually to Jesus, to himself. And so he says, for on him... God the Father has placed his seal of approval. You see, 
It was God the Father who placed his seal of approval on Jesus Christ. He placed his seal of approval, meaning that it is Jesus and only Jesus who gives the food that endures to eternal life, that God has approved and God has said, yes, this is him. This is the one that the people need, that everyone needs, that you and I need. He's the only one who can give us something that not just satisfies our stomach, but it satisfies our soul. And God is the one who approved him. And you know what I think is a good question for us to ask, even to ourselves, is has God placed his seal of approval on what I've been working for? Or has it just been self-approved? Does it spoil to endure? Uh, does it spoil uh, the food that I'm working for? Or does it endure to eternal life? Every day we need to constantly examine and evaluate and ask ourselves this very same question. Is what we're working for been given God's seal of approval or are we just approving it and thinking that it's best for ourselves? Because I can tell you simply that anything that is outside of Jesus and his kingdom is not gonna satisfy you. You know, and this is the tricky thing about things that are good, even things that won't last uh, very permanently and, and, they're, and they're temporary, but that they make us feel good, right? Sometimes, you know, because of things we work for uh, make us feel good, that somehow we rationalize to ourselves that they actually are good. But here's the problem with a good thing. A good thing could very quickly turn into a God thing. Meaning that it could become a false idol in our lives that we worship and that we honor and that we put first, expecting that it's going to fulfill us, but never ever following through on its promise. And that's why the Israelites were stuck in the desert complaining and complaining for 40 years, even after having built a golden calf to worship an idol that they hoped in because God apparently wasn't answering them. And so they... That's why they were stuck in the desert for even 40 years after that. It took them so long to get to where they needed to be. And it's unfortunate that for many of them, they did not make it to the very end. And here's the truth here. The truth is, is that our souls similarly weren't created to live and to work for anything and anyone but Jesus himself. The one who truly endures to eternal life. Not some false God or some false idol or for some false hope, but Jesus simply himself working for what endures. My second point is this. Work for who you believe in. Work for who you believe in. Look at uh, verses 28 through 31 with me. This is after Jesus just finished telling them, do not work for food that spoils, right? That doesn't last, but for food that endures to eternal life. This is what he tells them in verse 28. Then they asked him, the, the crowds, what must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. It's in our human tendency to do, do, do. Just like the crowds, the crowds asked Jesus, even after he told them, don't work for food that doesn't last, but food that, that endures to eternal life. 
The crowds ask him, okay, what must we do then to do the work God requires to get what we want from him? And this is the culture that we live in. We are human doings rather than human beings. And we think uh, that, that in order to uh, receive God's graces, we need to do a lot of work to please him. And, and you know what happens sometimes is that when we do this, we can oftentimes reduce our faith to some kind of job or, or even a business transaction with him. You know, we think that if we put in work, you know, for God or we do good deeds, that we deserve and demand a payment in return. And then when the check comes in and we're not satisfied with it, we blame the manager. We blame the boss and we tell him that, hey, we deserve better than that. What do you mean this is what I'm getting? I did so much more and this is what I'm getting in return? You know, we say things like, God, I gave up so much for you. We say, God, I did nothing but serve people and serve the church. And this is what I get. God, I try so hard to be a good person. I love people. I'm nice to them. I'm not bad at all. I'm a good human being. But the problem, people, is not our doing. It's our believing. And if we did a better job believing, I believe we would be in a better position to receive from God. But the reason we're not satisfied is because oftentimes we do, 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 and expect something in return, just like the crowds did with Jesus. But God is not just looking for workers. He's looking for believers. He's looking for those who are not trying to work for things that have no eternal value and don't last. He's looking for those who are not trying to be like the crowd and, and, and just asking God for sign after sign before they could believe in him. He's not looking for those who are trying to be content just being workers and doing good deeds and meanwhile taking all the credit and giving none of it to God. The truth is, is that if this relationship with God's ever going to work, you've got to have belief and belief in something more than just yourself or in what you can do, but in Jesus Christ, the one whom God has sent. Because he's the only one who we need to believe in. He's the only one who works and endures to eternal life for us as our bread of life. But guys, here's the encouraging part. God offers a new way of work. Look at what he says here in verse 28. He says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. He says, believe, believe in me, Jesus, believe in me, the one who God has sent, believe in me, the one who can only truly satisfy that deep hunger, craving inside of your soul each and every single day, that longing for eternity. There's not much work here, folks. Jesus says it simply, he says, believe in me. This is the work of God. But if you are going to ever rely on him, if you're ever going to get to this place, you got to believe and stop working for those things that don't fulfill you. You got to stop working for that food that spoils, that food that doesn't dirt to eternal life, those things that you hope are going to bring you a sense of fulfillment, a sense of hope, a sense of peace, but they don't. And sometimes, right? That's the hardest part. 
this year, guys, you know, we've seen our world work tirelessly, breaking their backs, uh, sacrificing their blood, their sweat and tears for so many things that they believed in. And many of them incredible. You know, I think of the Lakers who won the championship this year. You know, after being struck down by losing their beloved brother, teammate, and friend Kobe Bryant, they rose to the occasion and they decided we were going to tribute this championship and we we're going to do everything we could to honor his name and bring back home the championship to Los Angeles. And that's exactly what they did. And it was incredibly inspiring. You know, I think of the protest for, for George Floyd and the, the desire and the hunger for social and racial justice here in our communities and in our world. And yes, black lives still do matter. And it's the truth. God is for all lives, but he's also for black lives. And, and, and then I think about the pandemic and the economic downturn that, that so many families and businesses have been dying to recover from. Still to this very day, there's businesses trying to remain afloat and these businesses are working hard along with our lawmakers to do whatever they can to help bring back these businesses, to help them thrive once again, to help even bring healing to the many people and the many lives that were lost, the many loved ones that were lost because of the coronavirus. And then now, right, where we're at with our election and, and all the canvassing and all the uh, voting and all the protesting that was happening from all the people who were hoping and dying for another four years that were far better than the last four, especially the one that we've just experienced here in 2020. And it's all these things that create a deep hunger and desire for us to work for what we believe really matters. But in light of eternity, guys, you know what I believe the question still remains? The question that still remains, I believe, is this. Does this really all endure to eternal life? And what good does belief in all these things, even the good ones, all these things do if the belief we have has no eternity at all in it. Are the things we working for really reflect what we believe in? Do they? Ask yourself that. My friends, God wants us not to just work for what we believe in, but for who we believe in. The one whom God has sent. Working for what we believe in but more importantly, working for who we believe in. And guys, my last and final point is this. Work for what really matters. Look at verses 32 through 35 with me. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Wow. Up until this point, the crowds were not getting it what Jesus was saying before them. 
And if you read further into John 6, you'll learn that not even Jesus's disciples understood what Jesus was saying. And they lived with him. They worked with him. They labored alongside of him. They seen Jesus every single day. And not even them understood what Jesus was trying to say, this huge truth he was laying out before them. But here, Jesus, he reveals it and he makes it clear as day that I, Jesus, am the bread of life. The one who, if you come to, you'll never be hungry again. You'll never be thirsty again for all those things you've been working for. And you know, I, I'm I'm incredibly, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for men of God in my life who play not just mentors or leader roles, uh, but also father-like figure roles for me. And uh, and one of those men is Jeff Sackinger, who leads our church. And I'm reminded of um, a recent conversation that we have. So I, I, I've had this financial goal that I've been trying to work on and, and tackling my debt. And so I picked up a second job and and I've just been going hard at it. I've been working, putting in so many hours to really reach this goal that I've been longing to really accomplish, um, that I've been working for. And I remember having a conversation with him recently and I shared with him how I felt like, you know, because of it, my priorities uh, have been beginning to be affected and how my relationship with God was starting to, to suffer as a result. And I remember him listening and him responding and telling me that I needed to slow down, that it was unrealistic for me to work so hard and for so long at something if it was going to affect what really matters most in my life. And that's my relationship with the Lord. And to be honest, I'm not ashamed to admit that as a minister, because as a minister, we don't have any more special graces than the member of a church. You know, we are human just like them. And we too can lose sight of what really matters most if we're not careful. And that's what happened to me. But what about you? What are you working for, striving for, desperately breaking your back for, in search of that isn't satisfying your soul? Is it money? Is it a career? Is it a relationship? Is it children? Or is it simply even yourself that's holding you back that you've been working so hard at but getting no fulfillment in return have you gotten sidetracked have you lost your way are you somewhere in the middle or have you completely lost sight of what really matters most in your life or what should matter most in your life i want to encourage you god wants to help you but he needs your belief. He needs your complete reliance. He needs your complete trust on him to be the one who is your bread of life. The only one that you feed off of to get that hope and that fulfillment and that longing and, and, and everything else you've been desiring for in your soul. But nothing else has been able to give you but has failed you. That he alone and he and he alone is the one who can give you everything that you need to sustain you every single day. That he's the only one that you need to live off of. That he's the only one that you ever have to look to for the rest of your life. Jesus Christ, don't settle for just a temporary life. Don't settle for just a temporary hope. Don't settle for just a temporary everything. 
Settle for the one who can give you a permanence of peace and of hope and of love and of joy because that is everything and more that we could find in Jesus Christ, the one who God has sent and put a seal of approval on to meet our, our, our soul's need for eternity. And so guys, my encouragement to you today is this, to work for what really endures. Think about, lay it out before you. What is it that you're working for that has no eternity at all in it? And reshift your priorities and bring it back to what really endures. You know, work not only for what you believe in, but who you believe in. And if and if you're here today and you don't believe yet in this Jesus that we're talking about and being the bread of life, I encourage you to fill out the connect card that you'll see below here on your screen. And, and, and we want to help you on this journey to see it, to learn it, to, to experience what Jesus has done for our lives and bringing us this fulfillment. And lastly, we want to encourage you to work for what really matters. The only thing at the end of the day that is really going to matter when this world fades away. The Bible says that though the flower may fade and the grass may wither, you know, the word of the Lord endures forever. God is going to be the one who stands before us when everything else passes away and fails us. And I want to encourage you to be confident on that day, knowing that you have received everything that God has wanted to give you and that eternal life is truly yours. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And I hope and pray that this has encouraged you. Thank you. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.